Hello, everyone. This is Mark with Speak Brave Podcast. I welcome you, you know, my loyal listeners, the followers, and everyone who is part of this community where we talk about, we do, and we explore everything. That's why it's called Speak Brave. Now, friends, I want to welcome to the microphone my trusted friend. He's a special friend, and his name is... My name is Gregory. I am from Gregory, my friend. I am from the mother country. Okay. Normally we have John Morrow as part of this conversation. Yeah, I'm over here right now watching this thing. I'm the executive producer, and I'm sitting here saying to myself, this can't be real. Well, I'm so excited that we have Gregory here. And many of you probably know... You should be excited that I am here today. (laughs) That's right. It's a long time coming, my friend. And and I'm sure you traveled far. Very far from the mother country. You came very far. And you just came to see the end of a very long and tedious and, I would say, incredible election that just finished in the United States. In my country, we (laughs) do not have these kinds of things. This is just these elections that are not done. So, so Grigori, can you tell us more? How do you feel about this outcome, about this election that just happened? What do you think about the candidates, what they talked about, what they're going to do? And how do you feel now that you have seen what have happened? What can you learn, Grigori? Tell us. Because I want to know what you think. These candidates, uh, they are weak. They're not the kind of leaders we have in the mother country. But I must say that the man you call Trump, he's a good man. Oh, I, I think that he will do well in talking with us because he's, uh, how do you say... Flamboyant. <laughs> Flamboyant Trump? Is yes. that what people all in your motherland think in yes, Russia? Very Is that right? We like flamboyant leaders. <laughs> you do? Yes, we do. Okay. We and like strength, and flamboyancy is an expression of strength. So there's strength and flamboyancy somehow twisted in one concoction, which is Trump, Mr. Trump for you. So, Grigori, you feel that. Mr. Trump is going to be a great president, and he's going to... Oh, no, no, no. I do not say he's going to be a great president. To be great, you must be from the mother. (laughs) Okay, so... But for you decadent Americans, even you have become tainted by this decadence. You, once a part of our country. But that's okay. He's... Good for your country. So, Grigori, I I just want to thank you for coming over and taking the time to tell us about your opinion about these candidates. Well, I only really came here for one purpose, and that is to tell you, keep speaking brave, comrade. I am proud of you. You have brought much to this country of yours. So, this this podcast, Speak Brave, is... Is popular in Russia, is in, in in Europe, and over How did you find out about the Speak Break podcast, Gregory? I found out about it through my friend Sergey. <laughs> okay. He listens to you faithfully on the world wide web. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And Sergey, thanks. 
thanks for sending Gregory uh, to here so we can talk about it. Yeah. Thank you, Gregory. Can and... I leave now? Yes, you can. Are you going to come back? I don't know. <laughs> You're not gonna come Maybe. Back. <laughs> what is it going to take for you to come back next time? Borscht. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll bring borscht next time and make sure that put some sour cream on it and some black okay well I'm I'll, I'll see you Gregory I'm to I'll, door now. I'll see you next time it's been nice seeing you but I've got to well, have some breath well, there you go friends this was Gregory and I'm sure we'll see him again uh, I love his perspective from time to time he's gonna drop in and tell us how he feels I think now, I think he's strange he is strange John he's very strange oh, thanks John I'm thanks. glad I'm back in my yeah. chair where I yeah. belong this yeah. guy yeah. is yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we're trying to have a serious conversation here, and this character shows up. <laughs> <laughs> but do you feel that he added value to the show? If you like humor. Yeah. Well, also, if you like a little bit of a disjointed approach to politics. Well, I, I'm so glad because I'm going to ask Grigori to come back and tell his okay. unique view on the things that are happening. Is that okay with you? Yeah, he's here. He's uh, <laughs> he's your friend, not mine. <laughs> oh. John, welcome to the show. It's good to be here, Mark. And uh, this is a Speak Brave show. Yeah, it's Speak, Speak Brave. Brave podcast. Where now, we, this one is yeah. actually somewhat out of order from the others. A little bit. Because little you've bit. got yourself, I need to explain, it's the executive producer here working yes. with Mark, that yeah. he has a repository of these podcasts for future broadcasting purposes as he continues to develop his story, but we're breaking in today. This is very much very fresh, and this will be out there within the next 24 hours. We have just finished the general election cycle, so I can tell you that today, for want of a specific date, is November the 9th of 2016, and this is the morning after the long national nightmare that is the presidential process beginning with primaries and ending with the general election of Tuesday, November the 8th. As Mark and I sit here and as Gregory has already informed us, <laughs> obviously Donald Trump is president of the United States. Mark and I are not here to talk about no. our preferences as to who we voted for and how we feel. This is not a political broadcast, but rather not. this is I think Mark's way yeah. of yeah. expressing some things that we have learned through observing the candidates during the political season and some of the communications that they provided as individuals and why we think maybe the reason why the nation made the choice it made, but at the same time, we're not political punsters, no, no, we're no, not we're journalists not. or anything like that. We're simply people who observe the mannerisms of individuals and we're communications people. So That's right, this is an important thing for us because... We have a sense in watching people communicate of what radiates and resonates with people and what and tends what to uh, and how push people you, away. That's right. How you connect better. So, John, you have exemplified the focus of the show. It is just, it is happening and we're recording this right after the election. Mm -hmm. Now, the country, the half of the country is reeling <clears throat> from the loss that's and right. the other country is jubilant, jubilant and maybe even ecstatic of that, yes. of the results. The country is, should I say, divided. Very much so. Divided. And this division has came into the national focus very sharply. Mm -hmm. People realize how deep the division is. Mm -hmm. But this show is not about the politics. It is not about the way we're going to conduct national policy or any yeah. kind of decision. This show is about courage. Yeah, and about speaking brave. That's right, speaking brave. 
What I want to highlight is what lessons we learned yeah. as communicators. I'm looking forward to this. What are the grains of wisdom we can take, that you can take, John, and I can take, and maybe right. we'll share with Gregory in the future, with the listeners, the tools that we can use. I have to interrupt. I think Greg, Gregory is a hopeless cause, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> well, we'll ask him what he thinks next time. It's, it's obvious he's and you guys need it's to get obvious along. he's from a different ideology, you, that's for sure. You guys need to get along because it's important for me to <laughs> all my crew to get together and actually be productive. But okay. there's some conflict. We'll, we'll work through it. All right. We'll work through it. And I think you're a good man to do that. Now, John, what can we learn from this election? What can we learn specifically from the communication style of both candidates? Now, let's fo focus on Clinton, right? Okay. And, and the Clinton, the Hillary. The... Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Yes, not the, the husband, not the which husband. is the bill, which people love, yeah. adore, and he's a rock star. He's like a man that walks on water. He still isn't does. That, he still that does. has a charisma. Just, he's amazing. I just... I never did care for his politics, didn't care for his mannerisms, I didn't even care for his morals. But let me tell you what, one of the most likable people that I have ever seen who served in office, he just was such a good-natured individual. But the thing that I sincerity. liked most about Bill wasn't just his sincerity and his just very relaxed manner. It was also that he was willing to work with people. He never shut himself off from anybody, even if they had a differing opinion. Isn't that a mindset? I have great respect for That's that. That's a mindset. Yeah, and he was is. able to communicate who he was and who he is to the people. And he got a lot done as a president, he too. Did. So he will go down in history as a very <laughs> successful president. And maybe very liked. A very, maybe a little tainted in places, but very likable. I know. George Stephanopoulos, is that one of his people? Oh, yeah. And, you know, I still you watch George to this day. He's, he's, still, he's on Good Morning America. He's still there. But remember, yeah. he was part he was of his staff, staff. And he wrote a book. Do you remember the book name? I do. I, I don't remember the name. I remember the book. I've forgotten the name. The name of the book is All Too Human. <laughs> Why didn't That's I remember that? That's the name of the book. That, and he talks about the the saga, the impeachment, and everything. But mm -hmm. this is not that type of show. This is a show that we know, and we are very much learners, mm -hmm. as students of communication. Yeah. Now, Bill Clinton has this gift, the gift of relating to people. He has charisma, charisma that is developed over time. I believe everyone can develop their charisma quotient or some type of charisma elements over time. It's not that, that you're born with. Maybe you are born with it, but you can amplify it. And if you don't have it, you can reach deep down inside and be open. What do you think about that? I think it's teachable for those people who don't feel it comes naturally. But yeah. the more I live, the more I think the environment that we're raised in has a lot to do in, in terms of conditioning us, conditioning us to be comfortable. Yeah. You've heard the term glossophobia. Glossophobia, what is that? Glossophobia means the fear of public speaking because oh. this, and we're not talking okay. about the fear of public speaking under a normal context. They actually call it a phobia. Uh -huh. A phobia means that there is truly a physical as well as emotional response to the idea of standing before a group of people. And it is such a... Uh, an adverse feeling that it causes people to be literally sick. Yeah. I once heard a story told by an individual who said, imagine how it is with someone doing a eulogy who suffers from glossophobia and he's asked to give a eulogy over a friend who's lying there in a coffin, definitely, you know, a casket, a sealed casket nonetheless, but right there in front of where he's standing doing the eulogy. He actually is more afraid of public speaking than he is of death and he would feel better if he was the one in the coffin instead of the one standing behind the pulpit or the or the or the lectern yeah. now 
Glossophobia affects 75% of Americans. 75%? Three out of every four Americans are literally afraid of public speaking. So the concept of speak brave is important, but I think conditioning has something to do with it. I believe that there, I don't believe that there are natural born speakers. I think there are people who are born with the capacity to be great speakers, but I think that capacity must be emulated Okay. And then it nurtured. must be nurtured and taught. And also be placed in an environment where you can succeed. It's encouraged. Where you can succeed and grow. The reason why I say that is because there are people who I think are can be very gifted speakers, but they have been in environments where speaking up, even in a classroom where you're learning public speaking, but you are put down. You are not encouraged. Mm. You are criticized. Okay. Even wow, belittled good. and embarrassed. Well, it, well, it's for many reasons, right? Yeah. I mean, whatever it is, the situation you could be in, you could be in an abusive relationship or maybe just mm-hmm. some unfortunate uh, unfortunate people yeah. in your life who are yeah. belittle you. But I want to unravel this a little bit and understand. Okay, so glassophobia, are you talking about, are you referring to Bill Clinton, how he was so exceptional as a public speaker? And that was one of his many talents. Well, he had to start early because he wanted politics to be his life and everything. So he put himself in an environment where he had people helping him with speaking, yes. helping him with writing his speeches. Yeah. But there is this intangible about Bill Clinton. He had a remarkable personality. He was a guy that just knew how to smile. Oh, still is. And, still is. And, this, I mean, and I think the smile is an important thing because the smile a, allowed him to engage people so that even if he said something that you didn't necessarily agree with, you couldn't dislike him purely on the basis yeah. of his looks right. because he came across with just a warmth. He did, and I think that warmth can be cultivated. This reminds me, John, a few weeks ago, I met someone. I met someone at a seminar, okay? The seminar I was conducting and one of the participants in the seminar have, have this attitude that, okay, I am in this field that requires logical thinking, rigid processes, and and tough tough decision making. Now, the field that this person is in is engineering, very precise. Plus, this person is, well, she's a woman. Mm-hmm. And now, her approach to me was, okay, I'm an engineer, and I don't smile. And for me, I overanalyze everything. Mm-hmm. As I'm listening to her testimony, as I'm listening and taking in the input that she shared with me, I realize we put our own constraints on our own performance with our words and our thoughts. Mm -hmm. If you believe you are not capable of being a connector, you will never be a connector. That's right. You've already made up your mind. That's right. You already made up your mind. And because this is an environment where I had to conduct a seminar. Mm -hmm. This is an environment where I had to be quick, still engage the audience and move the presentation along while respecting, 100% respecting all the participants and meeting them right where they are. Mm-hmm. So, and all eyes are on me because I'm the leader of the seminar. So you have to be very quick and you have to move this along. At the end of the seminar, I don't think I reached that person. I still did not connect with her because she made up her mind and I did talk to her afterwards. And what I realized, now, of course, she's a woman, all right? So is there, there's a handicap? That, you know, as a woman, smiling, warmth, is that maybe you're not going to be taken seriously in the field of engineering? That's one thing, which 
it's kind of out of my realm, but I kind of so, sort of understand this. But yeah, I know. I, see I, what I, you're I want to make sure because there are some Bill, stereotypes, even right. if they're not true. Bill Clinton is a man, and mm-hmm. if you, you smile, so it's not. It doesn't diminish your. If you smile, no matter who you are, engineer, teacher, school professor, doctor, mm-hmm. librarian, janitor, whoever you are, your smile does not diminish your intellectual capacity. It does not take you down the thinking processes and does not take you down the pole. I think smile that is genuine, authentic, that is connecting because you want to move somewhere, right? You want to move collaboration along is a tool, whether you are men or women. Oh, okay. You're a man, John. I am a man. So it's hard for us to see it's from a woman's perspective, correct? I mean, Absolutely. We, we, we just, we just don't try to think like a and, woman and because we can't. We can't. You can't. But I believe smile is still... One of those things that you can use with a skill, mm-hmm. and elegant, and in an appropriate way, you can still connect a lot better than with a frown. Oh yeah, I believe in smiling because smiling can make a big difference. And you, in this. and you have, and you have mentioned this before. And I also believe smile allows a door for approachability, because if you're smiling, you're approachable. Mm-hmm. Now, everyone has an agenda. Everyone has something they want from you, yeah. or something they want to give you. Now, I think smile is just one of that social lubricants that help you build the way for collaboration. I like that descriptor, yes. a lubricant, because yes. it really does yes. allow flow. It yes. really does what do you, allow what do you, easy flow. What do you think about this? Because I want to actually well, something focus about, about the candidate outcomes, because this has been on my mind for, for months since it started. Well, something did bump into my mind, and I'm going to go back to your friend that you met, that you were speaking to, who was the engineer. I don't know that it necessarily had anything to do with the fact that she's an engineer, although there's a school of thought that says engineers are very serious people because they're constantly involved in analytical thinking. Yeah. Uh, but but a, a, the bigger issue here is I, as a speaker, would find myself somewhat um, uncomfortable because as I'm looking across the audience where I have, generally speaking, a majority of the viewers that seem to be connecting to me, not just with their eyes, but also with facial expressions, because it's amazing how we wear our feelings on our faces and in our body language. And yet there are individuals out there who are, I think the term is stoic. Now, Mm, I've heard the word used in this context, but I can't give you the clear definition. But I think what they mean here is that it is just their nature and behavior to be very much like a poker face, ah, they okay. don't they don't show themselves as to how they're feeling or if they have emotions in something. They're just not wired that way or they're not conditioned that way. But for me as a speaker, it's problematic because speakers, we want to be accepted. We want to be welcomed with warmth. We want to be appreciated. We want our message to be received and understood. And when an individual, extraordinarily intelligent individual, is looking at you, focused on you, but they're making no visible language of any type that is nonverbal, whether it's body language or whether it's facial expression, no smiles, no grins, not even frowns. <laughs> so are you saying that the absence of nonverbal signs creates confusion? It creates a sense Disconnect. of uneasiness for me okay. and because, as a speaker. Now, right. for you, it might be more of 
That's a challenge. I'm this is a challenge, but I'm not in there to convince anyone of nothing they don't want to be convinced of. Right. What I want to highlight in this conversation is that as a leader, as a speaker, as a business person, whether you're a man or a woman, genuine smile, open smile, authentic mm-hmm. smile the that real thing. shows who you are. They call this the Duchesne smile. Have you heard about this term? No, I haven't heard the term Duchesne. Duchesne is when... The wrinkles or crinkles around your eyes smile. Oh, okay. Versus just the lower part, the lower part of your face. Because the lower part you can fake. I'm going to have to practice. But you that. cannot fake the. <laughs> so I'm smiling yeah. at him, folks. I'm that is smile. I mean, listen, this, this, this smile is just amazing. You have a great smile, John. And I love you. I've been working on it for years. <laughs> you did really well. Sorry. Smile is a tool that will get you. It, it, it does not diminish your intellectual capacity. I don't think so. Either. I think it blooms. It opens. At least you you try. You're not just putting yourself in a hole in the ground and thinking, you know what, that's over. I'm not I'm not approachable. I don't want to deal with anyone. Smile is the gateway. Just be be become comfortable with what you are uncomfortable. Okay, Find well, that place. We've got nine minutes to go here in this. I need yes. to come to you with this question. Yes, we need let's to. Let's get to the it. election results. Yes. Oh. But let's not talk about the results per se, but rather. But what we learned, what you, I have learned, as a, observed. As yes. a participant in following the election process, this yes. process leading up to yesterday. Yes. What are? Can you the give less, me yeah. a component of Mrs. Clinton? As opposed to Mr. Trump. Yes. That sort of gave Stood out you. For me. Yeah, these things that stood out to you as far as your impression of them. Yeah. Okay. We all have been following this election, and this is the American. This is a part of American experience. Yeah, it's one of the greatest things about our country. <laughs> this, this is the American. Everyone participates, and in just a, not one month or two months or three months, it's 15 months, 18 months, two years. There's over 580 days. It's it's a long time. Almost now, two years. Mr. Uh, Trump came into the scene bursting yeah. like a storm. Exploded. Exploded. Why? Because he was new, fresh, and he talked exactly how he felt. And he was able to connect, connect in the most meaningful way. How? I believe it's on his hands. Not all of it, but most of it. Have you ever seen him speak when the first when he oh, first started yeah. to speak? And his hands, the palms were open. Palms open to the audience, always engaging the audience. His torso, his heart is open. Yes, he is brash. Yes, he is, well, flamboyant. like Gregory said, remember, yeah, he's exactly. a flamboyant. He's flamboyant. flamboyant. And, and, now, but he, you know, he can be explosive at times and can even be impulsive at impulsive. times, in the words he says. What I want to make sure that I clearly delineate and highlight is that Mr. Trump was authentic. Oh, With was he? Every not? baggage that he has is authentic. And, I, and, and I have I, to accept I, him as he is. And I don't want to make sure I say I don't I'm not putting my support for him or against him I'm talking just the These way he communicates this, this is what I've seen I seen that he was angry yeah at times the emotion was showing Nick Morgan one of my communication coaches via his newsletter and through the books that I've read yeah. he said one of the trends in public speaking in 2015 and 2016 was to be angry not in small part by what Trump had brought to the national conversation. He was angry. He was angry and he was able to reach primal emotions, fear, self-preservation, self-interest. He appealed straight to the emotion of the electorate. Can I not, throw a caveat in? Yeah, not only that, but I also want to make sure that, Tony, you know Tony Robbins? 
Oh, yeah. Okay. He spoke 30 years ago. Uh, the way that the tool that he uses, how can he can predict with astonishing accuracy who's going to win national election in the United States and other countries. And what did he find out? Congruency. Whether you are congruent with what you say, what you do, and how you portray your body language. If your body language is in alignment with your words, you will win every time. Now, I want to hear the caveat. This is just my opinion. Yes. But I'm starting to get, I think, a grasp. Tell me if I'm on the right track here. Would it be safe to say that his anger was the kind that he pulled from the anger of the masses? He was able to see the, the undercurrent that people are not happy. And he brought his own flavor. Now, he stood within that flavor. He, he is, see, I'm not a political um, Neither of us are. expert. We're not I'm political very expert. far from it. I am a communication observer. I'm yes. a learner, a student, and I see the way he communicates. I see that he's able to control his voice and reach to the people. Mm -hmm. And it's like doing market research. He's trying to understand on a deep, visceral level, what do people want? And giving it to them in a way that they will understand. And that's his mastery. That is what he was able to do. Now, his opponent. Mrs. Clinton. Mrs. Mrs. Clinton. She brought baggage to this campaign. She brought baggage to this campaign, and I believe, do you remember when she was running against Mr. Obama, and she she almost cried, or there was some kind of tears, do you remember that diner, that, that very famous scene, that camera was there, was it planted, was it, the camera was there, do you remember, was it 2004, was it 2008? It was back whenever it was 2000, it was in the campaign of 2008. That, do you remember that, I and did. it was winter, I was in New Hampshire, mm -hmm. okay, and she's in the diner speaking about um, this, this, plight of the American people and as soon as she cried or just showed the emotion her, her numbers went up mm -hmm. of course she lost in the end but do you see that emotion is something people cannot we cannot ignore emotion if someone is in distress we want to help those people we want to help that person if someone is laughing and joy we want to be part of it we want to understand we're social beings we're social animals at our core and our primal Emotions drive every decision that we make. Do you remember that? And she spiked in the polls, but then she went back because she revealed who she was. I will, I will never forget this woman. And it, it's like, oh my gosh, she's crying. Now she's, as a woman, you know, she has so many different constraints. You're a political candidate, running for president. You cannot cry on national TV, but maybe she should have. Who knows? I mean, these things will never be answered. It's a risk. We all have 20-20 hindsight, but it doesn't help us in the immediate. Well, what, I, what I make sure that I highlight above everything else if you want to have, be a successful communicator, mm -hmm. no matter where you are, politics, business, in relationships, nonprofit, in any leadership role, authenticity is not just something nice to have. It's a must. It's a must. If you want to, st if you want to start a movement or if you want to bring people to change and not only that, but recruit your tribe because you cannot do it alone. Authenticity, who you really are, have to show up in everything that you do. Now, not everyone's going to like you. Not everyone's going to agree with who you are, but if you show up... Some people up, have a harder time with that than others, but it's the truth of living. You're not going to be liked by everybody. And if you choose to be authentic, it takes courage. It takes courage yeah, it that you will fail and, and you will not fill the mold. But I think if you choose to be brave and you find your courage and be authentic in every communication interaction and in a piece that you write or shoot or record or every conversation, you have a chance to create a meaningful connection. 
with the people who really care and will support you. And I think that's what really matters. Authentic, transformational, and dynamic change will always meet with resistance. Yes. And I want to hear your point of view on this because I think I covered this from my point of view, but I want to make sure that we stay on point and we wrap this up because this this has been a national conversation for how many months? Now it's so coming to where we are. And, there's, and there's so many more lessons that can be unwrapped as we go. And deep. I hope people will understand the lessons and seek to not seek to understand because seeking to understand is the way that we begin the process of unification because I suppose if there's anything that I find this morning of a concern, it is that we still as a nation have a very strong divide between the, the two thought processes. And as sad as it sounds, it shouldn't be that way. Yeah. But on the other well, hand, this is national psyche now. But maybe what we have going for us here is we have an individual taking office who is so matter of fact, he actually has people who sometimes have to say you need to muzzle your your words sometimes. Yeah. Okay. And okay. but I want to talk just a little bit about Mrs. Clinton for want of understanding. I first of all I appreciate all that she has done. And she has represented some wonderful causes, and I, in particular, well, she spent appreciate her life. She spent what her she life does to, for children. Yeah, she spent her life to bring forward the ideas and be courageous, too, because I do appreciate who she is. And she is she courageous. Yeah, I think courageous. It, and also, too, let's remember something. It's important to know that she was the first woman candidate for president of the United States in a major party. In a major party. And, and, well, it's and a historic. It was an historic election. And I want to point out also that I feel she did not lose the election because she was a woman. No. I think that was the least of the concerns of Americans. I know for me that had nothing to do with it. I it had to it everything has to do, in my opinion, with who had the message that tended to resonate more with the general mainstream American well, public? Also, uh, who was able to set on fire. Right. Set on fire the that's support. That's the connector. That's, that's what it that's is. That's the fuse. If you can find your tribe in the most authentic language, that tribe will go to the great lengths to support you. That's the lesson, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And I think Mrs. Clinton, even though she was on fire, she did not have the spark. I believe it was just too matter of fact, too over the establishment. And I think she missed the opportunity. She missed the opportunity to be truly vulnerable. And it's not to be vulnerable where you take all the constraints off, where you just... And it's not to demonstrate weakness either. No, it's not to demonstrate weakness because uh, vulnerability without constraints equals, I think, it's too much information. And I think may may turn some people off. But when people you... People like authenticity. They're like right. The people genuineness like, because there's just so many. The internet and uh, the the way that I see this space, let's say information space and the information space on the internet. There's so many people hawking the products and they want something out of you quick and they they put you in these funnels and the sales processes and the trust is deteriorates a mm -hmm. little bit. It, we have cracks and cracks and cracks. Everyone on the internet with a website is trying to sell you a solution to a problem that you think you have. And, and that you only can get it from these people. And I think 
there's so many assaults and so many attacks creates a distrust and people truly looking for somebody they think they can trust or they think is gonna or we hear them we can trust yes yeah. and i think if you able to establish authentic connection with being who you are yes you have to work together with the team you will you will do great things or at least you connect with your base you connect with your tribe because you want to be successful you cannot do it alone be authentic connect with your tribe build trust and no matter what you do be congruent what you say and what you do and there's things you can learn thank you for that message yeah. thank you for that message that's a great lesson and that's a great way to bring to an end a discussion that probably could go on for many more yes. hours thank you uh, john and thank you for arranging gregory to come. thank you gregory or gregory or whatever you are we're gonna ask him to come back and uh, tell us his take about uh, world events as they unfold john always a pleasure thank you everyone for listening subscribe on itunes and soundcloud Send me your comments on Twitter, on Facebook. I always welcome and love to hear from you. Until next time, don't forget to speak brave.